0: You're listening to Guitars and Granola Bars, episode 67. Thank you so much for joining me here on Guitars and Granola Bars. I'm your host, Rachel Ramback. and this podcast is for women like me who are balancing a career they love with being a mom. There is a whole lot of crossover when it comes to being both a music therapist and a mom, especially when you teach early childhood classes and have young children. Jamie and I can check both of those boxes and we both have a whole lot of experience playing the role of music class teacher and mom at the same time. In this episode, we're talking all about having our own kids attend our music classes. The benefits, the drawbacks, the funny and memorable moments. This episode is a fun one, whether or not you've played these dual roles yourself. Okay, Jamie, start us off by talking about your kids' first music class experiences.
1: So my kids' music experiences with me, I guess it would be Aiden. Aiden would have come with me as the teacher when he was around four months old. And then my girls, um, we went and observed uh, a staff that had been covering for my maternity leave. Um, I took four-month maternity leaves with my daughters. So we went to classes when they were, Riley would have been about four weeks old, and Madeline was six weeks old when we went to our first music classes. And yeah, we've been doing it ever since. I want to ask you about Aiden coming to music class for the first
0: time with you as a teacher. So he was a little itty-bitty. You were a first-time mom. How did you feel having your brand-new baby at music class? What
1: was that like for you? I loved it. I remember, I mean, I had it set up so that grandparents would come um, and sit with him. But I absolutely loved it. It it was kind of a ch- to um, make sure that I wasn't giving any more attention to my own kid than I was anybody else's kid. And I feel like that's probably still to this day, one of my biggest concerns is like, I don't want to make it so this stands out that I'm giving them any more attention than the others. you know. But it was just so much fun to get to have that time with him while I was at work because I I did have to go back to work when Aiden was around six weeks old. And so when I finally did decide to put him in one of my classes, it was really fun because I got to see him when he was still my tiny little one, not moving around the room, in my classes in music. Yeah, I had a similar
0: experience. Parker's first music class was when he was about six months old, and I was that typical first-time mom, super worried about germs and exposure to other kids. And, you know, I'd been teaching these classes for a long time, for probably, oh, about eight years or so by the time that he was born. And so I'd seen kids, you know, slobbering all over instruments and all over each other. And I'm thinking, oh, this tiny baby, he's never been to daycare. He's always been, you know, just at our house and not with too many other kids. So I had to get over kind of that germ phobia in order to get really super comfortable with having him in music class. But once I got over that, my husband brought him and it was such a surreal experience having, you know, this class that I'd been teaching for forever, but then having my own child there. And part of me was, you know, loving every second and just eating it up as the teacher and thinking, oh my gosh, my baby's in my music class. But then at the same time, I was also a little jealous of the other parents that got to really interact with their their children during the class because, you know, here I am kind of a little bit apart from from the rest of the group because I'm facilitating the class. I'm playing my guitar. I'm having to pay attention to all of the other kids. So it was kind of like a bittersweet moment because I did want to interact more, but I also needed to be a little bit more removed as the teacher. And I still feel that way now when I have my kids in class with me, where I'm like, oh, I want to interact and I want to be doing this with them and helping them participate. But at the same time, my attention is very split amongst everybody in the group.
1: Yeah, I understand. Because when I did bring um, Madeline and Riley, and I, like I said, I was there kind of um, to observe my own staff at the time, too, because I wanted to see like how their classes were going and to give them some tips, because I felt like, you know, um, my Sprouts classes were such a, a a priority to what I had done, but I hadn't ever really relinquished some of those class teaching responsibilities to other people until I went on maternity leaves. I'd been teaching them all. Um, So I felt like I really had to go in and like talk to them and give them ideas and remind them like, oh, you know, completely just dump dump that bucket of egg shakers right on the floor like these kids don't want just one egg shaker they might want six and that's completely okay because we want them to do that Um, but that experience with me holding my kids and doing the music with them in that setting was completely different than being the teacher you know I felt like oh I can jump in and I can sing whenever I want to and then I don't have to sing if I don't want to and it's, it's totally different having that piece where you're sitting With your kid in your lap as opposed to watching your child sit in somebody else's lap while you're teaching the class. So I get it 100%. It's a very different experience um, being the teacher of the class as opposed to being the parent. Right. And I love being the
0: parent. I think it's so much fun, especially when one of your colleagues is teaching the class. I remember when Parker got a little bit older, I think he was. or 11 months old and I brought him to class that my business partner and colleague Katie was teaching and first of all she was super nervous at at the first class because she's like oh my gosh you know I want to do well and you're in the class and that makes me nervous and I'm like please just you know teach it as you normally would I'm here as a parent I'm not here to you know critique the way that you're teaching but to be able to be with my child and interacting with him It put me, it put things in perspective for me as a parent with the teacher because as the teacher, I've always been very aware of how the parents are perceiving me and what I'm doing and that's always been kind of a big piece for me. You know, obviously the kids come first and whatever we're working on is the priority, but in the back of my mind, I'm always like, oh, you know, what do the parents think of this? Are they having fun? Is this, you know, stimulating for them too? Is this super boring? Am I being a huge dork? And when I was sitting with Parker in Katie's music class, I really wasn't thinking about Katie and how she was facilitating the class. I was focused on how Parker was responding to the music. I was focused on helping him really participate, playing the instruments, singing the songs. So it really made me feel better about being a teacher myself and thinking, okay, The parents really don't care about me as long as I'm doing my job and as long as I'm keeping the kids focused and facilitating the music in an engaging way, then that's all I need to worry about because they are busy with their kids and that's what they're there for.
1: That's a really good point. You know, I never actually thought about it until you just said that from that perspective of how... Um, As the parent, you, you aren't necessarily looking at what I feel like maybe I didn't think about that because when I was coming to my classes and when Riley and Madeline were younger, um, I really was there still as the, as the business owner. I was, I purposely went not just to share music with my kids, but to be able to give feedback um, to my music therapists who were covering my maternity leave. So I feel like I never even really took that, that music therapy business owner hat off I think I was wearing it the entire time even though I was definitely like enjoying the music and thought like gosh this is so much fun to have this other um, perspective but I very much was still like oh I should make sure I give them that feedback and think about this and and then you know ask them about that song and but I did find and I have found um, through that was that i i understood the parents that would be self-conscious of their children a little bit more so especially when i had riley and then madeline so i was taking two to the same class um Riley was tiny, so she was just, like, laying on the floor in a blanket and maybe holding a, a shaker or something, um, not really interacting much. But Madeline is my, like, wild, fla- wild flower child. You know, she's running <laughs> all over the room, and she's getting into stuff. And so, you know, I had that, like, oh, I totally can see why parents feel self-conscious, and and but it's okay because, you know, she is allowed to run around the room, and I want parents to always know that their kids can come come. Running around the room, or they can play the guitar that's on the stand, um, even if that's not what we're doing right now. Like, it's completely fine and acceptable and appropriate for their ages. Um, But I did have that, like, oh, you know, I get it, why parents are a little bit more paranoid of um, what it is that their kids are doing (laughs) during a class. Yes.
0: Oh, yes. (laughs) And so I've definitely felt that too, both with Parker and Mia. And what I remind myself coming from the music therapist perspective is kids acting up and being a little disruptive does not bother me in the way that it, it seems no. like it bothers parents. And I always yes. tell parents, I'm like, your child is fine. Like if it's getting to the point where it's distracting the other kids from participating, then yes, I understand if you need to, you know, leave the room or do what you need to do. But for the most part, they're just being kids. And I expect that as the teacher – so as the parent, when that fear would start to creep in where I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, my son is being wild or he's, you know, just a little too uh, <laughs> gregarious with his behavior, then I just remind myself this is what happens in music class and the teacher is happy that everybody's participating and, you know, as long as he's not disrupting the other kids, then that's what he's there to do. So it kind of goes both ways where I'm like reassuring myself as the parent and I'm reassuring myself as the teacher, depending
1: on which role I'm playing. It it is definitely something that you learn. You learn as you go and you don't know, you know, what the parents are going to be thinking until you have your kids. And then it gives you perspective, I think, when you have your own kids in your classes or that you take them to something like this. So Rachel... I was wondering what kind of benefits you have seen in your own children from them attending your music classes. Have you seen anything? I think the, the number one
0: benefit to them coming to my music class, yes, the music part of it is wonderful. I love the social interaction that they're getting with the other kids in the class. But for me, my favorite thing is them getting to see their mom at work doing the thing that I'm best at, that I love, and I guess just being that role model that, and them getting to see it because when we're at home, you know, they see me as mom, obviously, and they kind of have an idea of what I do at work, but when they're sitting in that class watching me in action, it's just kind of a cool feeling to think about, you know, these kids get to see and understand what I do as a profession. And they get to see me helping other kids and fostering this environment where all of these families are interacting and these children are
1: learning. So for me, that's my favorite. What about you? I love that. Yes. Well, yeah. Aiden too, as he's gotten older, um, he talks about what it is that I do at work, you know? So he, I think completely knows that because he came here so much as a kid. Um, well, he's still a kid, but came here so much as he's been growing up. And it's funny, Aiden specifically, so he is seven now. And when he hit the age of four, he was like four and a half coming towards the end of that year. He'd been coming to uh, anywhere from one to three music classes a week at my office that I was teaching. And when he hit that four Years old, Mark, he pulled me aside after a class one night and said, Mommy, I think that I'm done with music classes. And I was just, I was a little bit taken aback. But then I thought, well, you know what? I think he absolutely has gotten so much out of this, so much socially. And he's, he's always been my wallflower in music. You know, I understand some of the boys that like sit back and don't, don't come out because that was Aiden. He would just sit and he was kind of this wallflower during music classes, but he would sing all of it at home. And it had that carryover that I tell people about. Um, you know, I tell them all the time, it's okay if they're not actively participating. It's okay if they're sitting and don't, don't want to actually pick up an instrument right now, or, you know, you don't have to make them hold anything or make them play anything. Like, it's okay if they don't want to go under the parachute. My own kid is like that, was like that. The way that it generalized once we got home, um, I could see all of these things that he was doing that were learned specifically from being in those classes. And so it just, it helped, me from a parent perspective, also for me as the as a parent being able to see that benefit for him when we were home and, and knowing that that was his main um, outlet once we got home that he was generalizing all of that, uh, even though he wasn't the one that was dancing and playing and being really super active in the middle of the class, he was taking all of that and coming home with it.
0: I agree with you in that way. I loved seeing. Mia and Parker, Parker was always very social in music class, whereas Mia was a little bit more reserved and just more withdrawn, but then she'd come home and she would be singing the songs and she would be talking about what we learned and asking to read the book that we that we read in music class, so that was kind of a clue to me that, oh, she is absorbing this, even though in class it didn't seem like she was into it or that she was taking anything away from it. They just all have their different personalities and they all have their different ways of, of taking in those experiences and then, like you said, generalizing them to other environments later.
1: It's interesting that your daughter is more like my son because my daughter Madeline is definitely my one that is like out there and she is singing loud and she is um, participating in absolutely everything Um, and she gets the words really quick. It always amazes me how fast because she'll come to a morning class on, on a Thursday and then she Tends to still come to the night class on Thursday too. So she comes with my mom in the morning and then with dad at night after work. And by the time, just in that little bit of time during that one day, she knows the song that was brand new that morning and she is singing it loud and proud by that night class. Like she has the memory for those songs and that always has amazed me with her. Yes, Parker is
0: so similar. He can listen to a song. So for an example, Earlier this week, I took Parker with me to a class, and before we got to that class, I was listening to some of the songs in the car just to kind of get them into my memory and um, feel a little bit more confident about them because they were new songs. And we listened to them in the car just a couple times. We get to class, and he's singing right along. He knows the words. He knows the songs probably better than I do. I mean, I wrote them, but still, <laughs> he, he had those lyrics down in order and. Then later that night, he busts them out again. I'm just like, wow, I wish I had the memory
1: of this five-year-old boy. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I was thinking when you were talking just a minute ago about your polar bear song that you wrote this winter. Super catchy. Um, just being able to put movements with it. It, it became a staple in my in my house. But we still, we sing it in the car. We sing it everywhere. It For some reason, just what you were talking about brought that up to me. Yeah, that is kind of like my Caterpillar song that I wrote this spring.
0: For some reason, my kids just kind of grabbed right onto that song. I sang it one time at home. I actually played the recording for them right after I had made it. And they had these little Cater- plastic caterpillar toys that they had just happened to be playing with. And so they made this little game of it, and they had them do all the motions from the song. And from that day, they were singing that entire song, all the verses, and they just had it in their memories. It was crazy. But, yes, yeah, it's just certain songs you find that they kind of gravitate towards and uh, just kind of go through phases with.
1: Yes. Yeah. So have you ever noticed any drawbacks to having your kids come to a class that you're teaching? I think the biggest drawback I've seen
0: is that their behavior tends to change a little bit when mom is there but is not necessarily in the role of their authority figure in that moment. They kind of test the boundaries a little bit and that causes issues for me as the teacher who can't necessarily stop what I'm doing as the leader of the class in order to, you know, correct what they're doing. And so it just puts me in an awkward situation. But then it also puts whoever the caregiver is. So whether it's my mom or my husband, then they're, you know, stuck having to deal with that behavior. And they might not necessarily be the usual person that – that deals with those kinds of behaviors so it's it can be definitely uh, I feel like my hands are tied I guess is what I'm trying to say because I'm still in the middle of facilitating this class I'm still trying to focus on my job in the moment but then there you just can't turn off that mom hat you can't just remove the fact that your child is clearly misbehaving clearly knows what he or she is doing and is doing it on purpose So those moments are really, really frustrating to me. And, you know, the the thing going through my head is, oh, what do all these other parents in the room think as my child is the one that's being disruptive and the one that's uh, doing all these things that they're not supposed to be doing. So that's been the biggest drawback for me. I think other than that, though, there haven't been any. I think for the most part, it's been a really positive experience and, the benefits definitely outweigh that big drawback of the behavior. And it doesn't happen every time. It's something that we've had to be more proactive about. So, again, when I was bringing Parker to class with me this week, we had a, a nice long talk earlier in the day about, you know, the correct behavior, the fact that he's five years old, he knows how to be a leader, he knows how to set examples for the other kids. He's been to lots and lots of music classes So he knows the appropriate behavior and he knows the do's and don'ts of being in class. So to kind of build him up in that way, I've found that's really effective. So putting him more in that leadership role and building his confidence and saying, okay, they're going to be looking to you to know how to participate in the songs and to know how to play these instruments. So you're really going to be that important leader in class. And that makes a big difference, I've found. What about you? What have some drawbacks been, if any?
1: Yeah, I would say definitely the same. I have a a hard time, you know, I know how to redirect um, other children back to their parents. You know, If if it's really something that I feel like I need to maybe redirect, um, I don't have any problem redirecting a kiddo to their parent. But when I'm redirecting my kiddo back to dad or back to (laughs) grandma, I almost feel like it it comes across as me um, reprimanding my my loved one, be like, take care of the kid, you know, <laughs> you know. And I never want it to come across that way. But sometimes I'm like, okay, you know, Dad, come grab Madeline, <laughs> you know. But I don't want to, you know. It just come t- sometimes feels more like then I'm making it so my husband's doing something wrong when he's not either. It's just maybe me personally. I feel like I can redirect. Other people's children to their parent easier than I can redirect my own child for behavior back to, you know, my husband or my mom or whatever, because like you said, it's not their natural. Well, my husband different, but my mom, you know, it's not her natural role. She's the Grammy, you know, they can kind of get away with more with her. So, a little bit more difficult, maybe pushing them into that um, more parental role in the middle of a class that I'm trying to still maintain, you know, uh, the music and everything else for the class that's going on around it. So I, I absolutely understand that. Um, I also sometimes, I think it's adorable and then a struggle at the same time. Is when, especially like the little ones. Riley right now is 14 months, and when she Um, needs to be on my lap because another kid has approached my lap so that like um, this is my mom kind of thing that happens you know which I think is absolutely adorable You know, when they climb up underneath your guitar and they need to sit on your lap while you're doing the music. Um, But sometimes it can get a little hard to have a child who's all of a sudden possessive of you because you are their mom um, while you're trying to then still, like, include everything and keep this going. Because I can also – you also – well, I know with each child of mine, what might tip them over? Like, when can I say, okay, that's enough, now go sit with dad? Or what, you know, will that make them turn into, um, you know, have a tearful moment or something? You know, I don't want to ever push my own kids into having um, a more difficult time, because I know how their reaction might be. um, But at the same time, still trying to draw those parental and teaching boundaries in the middle of that um, can be kind of, that can, I guess, be one of the harder things. Um, But just like you said, the drawbacks that I've experienced, even having them come to multiple classes and having three different kids, and some of them come, I've had nights where all three are at the same class. Um, Sometimes it's just two of them. Sometimes it's just one. Um, I feel like the benefits and the fun that they have and that we have as a family during it, um, I'm kind of, I'm proud of it. I think that overall, it's nothing that takes away from any of the other families that are there um, paying to be a part of the class. Um, Because still, that's one of my main priorities is making sure that the families who are paying and who are customers are getting what they want out of the class, even if my family's in there alongside with them.
0: Yeah, I had a pretty heart-wrenching moment when it kind of came to what, what you're talking about. But my daughter, Mia, had been attending my morning music classes for almost an entire school year. She had started coming. I think my mom brought her for a few months. And then when my mom couldn't bring her, I would just bring her myself. And one of my good friends who brought her own daughters would sit with her. And she just kind of played with with her daughters. One of them is the same age as her. And that worked out beautifully for, like I said, about nine months or so. And it was so great because I really was just, you know, bringing my baby to work and plopping her down and she was having fun and participating in music class. And she didn't seem to mind the fact that there was that distance between us where I was the mom or I was the music teacher and she was the student. And, you know, from time to time she would come crawl up into my lap during the story and that was fine. You know, all the parents got a kick out of that and the other kids didn't care because they were like crawling on my lap too. But that summer we had a break and she didn't come to music class with me because our schedules kind of shifted a little bit. And then when we returned in the fall, I was teaching an evening class in addition to the morning class. And she had started um, she had started daycare at that point. She was 17 months old. And so the plan was for my mom to bring her after daycare. Now, this is tricky because A, after your tiny child has been in daycare all day and this was brand new to her she'd only been in for a couple of weeks and so to have that energy and just the exhaustion after being in daycare all day and then to finally get picked up and come to where your mom is only to be separated from her in the music class we found out very quickly that that was not a good idea I remember (laughs) the first class just about ripped my heart out. I came in and I was so excited. I was really pumped to have her in the class. And I walked in and she just melted down. I mean, the worst, most sad crying and screaming you've ever heard. My poor mom is just like, I don't know what to do. And so we tried it. We tried for a minute. I did the hello song. I'm sitting there. You know, on the floor with my guitar, singing to all the kids. And she's just crying and screaming and just putting her arms out like she wants to come to me. And I finally just looked at my mom and I said, this isn't going to work. And she had to leave class with my screaming, crying, 17-month-old daughter. And I just – my mom wanted to try it again the next week. And I was like, no, no way. I'm not doing that again to her or to me or to my mom. It was just there, nobody was benefiting in that situation. The other families, it was hard for them to deal with that. And so there was a period where Mia didn't come to music class because it didn't work out with our schedules to where I could bring her on another day where another teacher was teaching. And I felt horrible about that because people would ask me all the time, you know, is Mia, does Mia love coming to music class? And Um, does she love, you know, seeing her mommy sing and I just had to say, you know, it's, it's not working in this particular season and we'll try again, which we have since we've tried again and she does much better now. She's three. So a lot of time has passed, but that was, that was a really rough time for both of us. And oh, yeah. Yeah. So, but now, Parker, we never had that issue. He always yeah. was, was just fine with whoever brought him. He didn't really care about the fact that he couldn't have me all to himself. He's never been a, a huge mommy's boy like she is. So, yeah, you learn. You live and you learn and you kind of yep. adjust and you keep going.
1: Yeah. With my girls, both of them, um, I nursed. I nursed all three, um, but the girls – wouldn't take bottles and stuff. So we did get to a point where when they were coming to my night sprouts, um, I didn't schedule anything right beforehand so that my husband would, under my very uh, pointed direction, he would come at a certain time so I could nurse before the class because if not, then nobody was gonna have any fun. Cause the my daughters were not gonna sit through a class without at least having that mom connection with a little bit of time ahead of time before before going in and actually having to then, um, like you said, kind of be apart from you, especially at different ages. I'm sure, like right around, I think that 18 month, it's a harder separation time for kids too. So coming back to you, I bet it was really hard um, for her to then, you know, not just have you the way she wanted to, but. Well, I'm glad she got back to going to music class <laughs> though. Cuz I'm sure that was super hard on you, oh, if, you know, was. which is <laughs> <sighs> yeah, yeah, I
0: felt kind of like a bad mom cuz you know, I'm a music therapist and an early childhood music teacher and my poor young child is not receiving music. So, yeah, that was a bummer. We definitely made up for it at home. We we always do lots of music at home, but still, you know, I have this place meant for families to experience music together and my own child wasn't getting it but
1: yeah we we made it past that point yeah and it's not easy um as the business owner and the mom to always find the perfect class that you can take your kids to I don't I don't currently have one um that even works for me to on my days off to come in for they just it just doesn't work um so
0: Right and we've we've kind of made up for that in other ways. I've had the same experience where you know my schedule is such that th- there's a reason why other teachers are teaching at those times because I'm either doing other work or I just my kids schedules they may be at daycare or preschool and so we've done other activities together. We've done Fun Shop pretty consistently which is um which is a play group for little kids and their parents to go to together so we'll do other activities and I feel like that way they get kind of a well-rounded experience where it's not just oh my only activity is going to mom's music class you know it's right I feel like it's important to also expose them to other opportunities especially before they reach that school age where they're getting
1: that engagement in school Right. And then you can feel more of the mom piece.
0: You know, yeah. like I, I, we have
1: art class. We always look forward to art class on on Fridays. I loved it with Aiden. I've done it with Madeline now for a year. Um, you know, it's, it's just another one of those things that then I can fully put on that mom you know, that mom time, I can only be mom. I'm not going to be the teacher. I'm not going to be the supervisor. I'm not going to be the business owner. I don't have to make sure, you know, or pick up anything that's at the office. Cause I feel like anytime I come into my office, I'm going to do something else. Even if it were to just bring my child to music, I'm going to do something else because it's my, it's, I have a hard time separating that out. Um, or just walking in as only moms. So, did you find with your because you had you've talked about your classes that Parker's taking right now? Do you feel like you come in and you can own you're just mom in the waiting room, or do you you still work? Oh man, I wish. <laughs> I as you were
0: saying that, I was just nodding my head vigorously because exactly, exactly. The minute I walk in, there's either a, an employee or a colleague who needs my help with something or I need to do a couple chores while I'm there, pick up checks, or, you know, there's something that needs to be done. Otherwise there are parents there that I know that I feel like I have to wear that, that, that business owner hat and like schmooze with everybody. And this music class that I've had Parker in this summer has been tricky in that way because I have personal friends who are also bringing their kids and I, you know, encourage them to do that so that we could see each other while we were there. The siblings could play together. And it's kind of put me in a, in a kind of awkward situation because I want to hang out with my friends, but I'm also the business owner. So I'm talking to the people that I know there. I'm answering questions. I'm running into the office to get things. And yeah, it's you never take off those hats all the way when you're there. Whereas going to Fun Shop, I'm, I'm just a mom. Like I just go in and I'm with my kid and we can just have fun together and the focus is completely on them. So I love having those times that are just for them outside of the office altogether. Yeah, yeah. that's a great point that you bring up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Well, when you've been doing all your classes and having your kids with you, do you have any like memories? I guess not memories. Do you have anything that's memorable, something that stands out from one of your kids coming to one of your classes? Hmm. Well, I think the number one memorable moment is
0: Mia screaming her head <laughs> off <laughs> yeah. at yeah. that music class. That's the one that comes to mind first. It's not necessarily <laughs> a pleasant one. But aside from that, um, gosh, I do have just – So many fond memories of watching my babies interact. I remember the first time that my mom brought Parker to music class and he was a little bit older at that point. My husband had brought him when he was like super tiny, but seeing my mom get to interact with Parker and have them have those special moments that I'd seen, you know, him share with my husband and I'd seen other kids share With their family members. I just loved seeing that happen. I loved seeing Mia as she was a little tiny baby starting to interact with others because, like I said, she had just been really just at home with me for the most part. So her first real social experiences were in my music classes. So I got to see that from an unusual perspective as a music teacher, as opposed to a mom, you know, sitting with her child. I got that really objective view and so those those times were so special to me. I I just that first year with her in music class I will just never forget because it was so special and so fun. Um, I do have kind of a a funny experience and I'm going to go back to this week this earlier music class that I did with Parker attending. So Parker doesn't come to my music classes anymore. I focus on the early childhood classes at this point the zero to three and my studio does have classes for kids all the way up to age 12 so he's been in in a class for kids four to seven and another teacher teaches that but for this particular class it was a mixed ages class and we were actually recording it for a cmte course that my partner katie and i are creating right now and Like I said earlier, we had this big, long pep talk about how his behavior should be, how he should serve as the leader. And I know my child very, very, very well. I know kind of his behavior patterns. I know his attention span. And this class was a little bit longer than usual because we were trying to fit in a bit more to record all of these videos. And at first, he was amazing. He was following right along he was doing all the songs he was singing he was participating it was fabulous and as the class went on and we get we got towards the end I saw that kind of just boredom and his ready to be done set in and <laughs> I was thinking in my head like okay let's just let's just get through this because it was during a song that I was facilitating Katie and I were kind of taking turns going back and forth and here I am in this spot where it's like, okay, I have to be the teacher. I have to not be the mom, especially because I'm being filmed. So I'm, all of these things are happening in my head. And I kind of hit a point where it's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this because he was kind of pushing my buttons and he's a lot better at that now that he's five, as opposed to when he was two or three. So, um, I had kind of a moment where I was put on the spot and I was just trying to use my best therapeutic tools to work through that and to, to make him feel supported and not disciplined yet still be on my game. So that was that was kind of a, an interesting situation that is will also be very memorable, especially because it's caught on tape and everyone that takes my CMTE <laughs> will see it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And as they get older too, you know, I, like you said about um, like giving them instructions of like, you're the oldest and you're gonna be able to show all these younger kids. Like Aiden, he just doesn't wanna be around a baby class. Like he has a really hard time like wrapping his mind around the being at the baby class. And um, the minute you turn a video camera on, he turns into a ham. So like you all, I can't even imagine the dynamic if I were to try to videotape a class that Aiden was in cause he would all of a sudden be like, oh my gosh, but I can watch this later, and so Mom thinks I'm gonna do this, but I'm gonna show you exactly what to do. Yeah. So, oh my goodness! And and they just they're so smart, and like you said, they know we know them very well, and they know us very well too, which um, can it's a dangerous play... combination. It is. It can be a big challenge to be like, okay, maintain professionalism and, you know, not lose control as a parent at the same time. It's not easy. So I bet that was definitely um, (laughs) – I'll watch for it when I see the video. Oh, yes. And you will see the moment I'm
0: talking about immediately. Everybody Mom
1: eyes all of a sudden. (laughs) Oh,
0: there were some mom eyes going on. Well, and the other thing (laughs) is that – so Parker didn't have – his own designated caregiver at that class, because, you know, I feel like he's old enough at age five to where he can participate without having somebody there, you know, as his person that's kind of giving him those directions. There were a few other moms there, but like I said, it was a mixed age class. So there were other five-year-olds, there were some three-year-olds, there were some two-year-olds, there were some babies. So it was kind of all over the place. And so I didn't even have that person to be like, help me, you know,
1: Right. He couldn't make the eyes to anybody else. Out of exactly.
0: <laughs> but it all worked out. And I think Katie and I were kind of talking about it afterwards. And she said, you know, that was a real life moment. And even though, yeah, you are his mom, you were also giving good examples of ways to handle those situations where you do have a child that isn't necessarily responding in the way that he or she should be, but you're handling it gracefully and you're handling it in a way that makes them still feel supported, that doesn't make them feel put on the spot or singled out in the group. So mm-hmm. hopefully that will translate in the videos. We shall see. I, I bet it will. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I, so. look, I look forward to watching that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So oh you've kind
0: of talked about Aiden aging out of your classes a little bit and your daughters are still are still at that age where they can attend them. How do you plan to foster that love of music, that appreciation that Aiden's had since he was a tiny baby and
1: now Madeline and Riley as they get older? Well, that's a good question. You know, I just feel like as much as we use music um, professionally and then having that transition over to home, you know, we just constantly are encouraging them to be musical. You know, if they... Um, Madeline right now she will make up songs and serenade us over whatever I mean sometimes they're songs that she knows and just like encouraging her. anytime we hear them singing or um, clapping a beat or playing an instrument like we just go above and beyond to encourage that I think it comes naturally you know I, I walked out in the up in the living room the other day because I could hear what I thought was my husband playing the drums with Aiden only to find out it was Aiden playing the drums with Madeline so it was like oh my gosh I thought I was hearing like adult rhythms over top of a child's rhythm but it was it was actually Aiden with his like inner music child coming out with with Madeline and it, so it was just like one of those like oh my, my gosh. So I felt like I had to go above and beyond and be like, you guys are absolutely rocking out here. You know, keep it up. It sounds so good. And just as much as I can, encouraging them to keep, to keep playing, to keep exploring. And for the girls, I mean, they're still, they're still, you know, one in two and a half, I guess, Madeline technically is going to be three here very soon, a couple months, but just, you know, allowing them to keep coming and to keep bringing them and encouraging as much um, exploration as possible uh, within the music classes.
0: I love that. I, I love that kind of just natural encouragement that you're giving them at home and just allowing them to kind of explore it on their own. And you have to kind of tread carefully as a music therapist and as a musician who has kids to not try to force it upon them. I felt myself at times wanting to do that just naturally because I know that they do have some musical talent innately. And obviously I want them to continue to pursue that as they get older. But then the other part of me is like, okay, just because I'm a musician doesn't mean they have to make that their main focus. So I absolutely will continue encouraging them to attend lesson or to attend classes and Parker, you know, as he gets a little bit older, he's exploring other sports and other activities, but I'll always say, hey, I have this class at my work. I would love for you to go if you want to. And same thing with lessons. I have friends that ask me, oh, is Parker going to start taking piano lessons? And I'm like, well, he just turned five. His attention span isn't quite there yet. When he's ready and when he wants to and when it's his idea, absolutely. I'm all for it. I am not going to teach them. No way, no place, no how. But <laughs> when <laughs> – yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's I, just that's not going to happen. Absolutely,
1: absolutely no.
0: <laughs> yeah, music class is one thing. But actually teaching a lesson, I had a bad experience trying to teach my brother how to play piano when I was in high school. And I said, nope, never again will I try to teach a family member in this situation. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely and I've, of course, thought about like, oh, which one of which one of my colleagues would be a great match for Parker? And obviously I would love for him to do that, but I want it to be his idea. I want it to be on his own time. But, you know, in the meantime, it's just just encouraging singing and making music at home one of the cutest things happened the other day so Parker was singing this song that we both really love it's uh, this Jason Mraz song called uh, have it all and we sing it all the time we sing it in the car we sing it at home and I was listening to him sing along and he was actually trying to harmonize with it which he hears me do that all the time I just that's naturally what I do when I'm singing along to a song But he was trying to do it, and I just – I had to, like, gush all over him, like, oh, Parker, that was so good. Way to go. You were so good with that. And so just things like that when when there are moments like that. Mia is obsessed with Moana, and How Far I'll Go is her favorite song. And at the end, you know that big note that she hits? um, Yeah. I'll go. It's, like, really high, like – blasting note she mm-hmm. loves that note and she she'll be silent like she'll just be playing or doing something listening to the song but no matter what at the end she will blast that note and every time like yeah get it girl you got it so just things like that where it's just their own idea their own thing that they're doing i will absolutely encourage it
1: yes you know it's funny i i mentioned um a while back my kids love For the Greatest Showman. And I got I have the CD and it's in my car. And it's to the point where I get in the car now and I hear Riley. Riley goes into singing the opening notes and she does it amazingly. She does that. And I'm not kidding, it's like every pitch. But now she knows that we get in the car and she sings that. And then she, her, you know, Madeline or Aiden will be like, yeah, let's put on. So, I mean, I'm almost (laughs) to the point where I don't, I'm going to be like, the CD disappeared. But I mean, they really, all three of them, we get in the car, Riley starts singing it at 14 months and then Madeline starts singing it. And um, it's just, it's funny. And sometimes I have a drum in my car. (laughs) I mean, you know, we do, and Aiden's all the way in, Aiden's all the way in the back, and so then I start hearing this banging on a drum, and I usually have to draw the line and say, we can't play drums while Mommy's driving down the road, but, you know, it's just funny how we get in the car, and it's their place where, like, immediately they go to music, um, and, and Madeline, too, where she's just quietly singing along with certain things, but then, um, I forget, I think it's in the song This Is Me, where the, the the lead lady singer, she like blasts up into this crazy um, head voice and she's just singing and Madeline, you'll hear her in the back. She pops up to this crazy head voice and she's like almost screaming along with the CD. But it's just, it's so funny because they, they just love it. They We get in the car and that's what we do. It's music time while we're driving around town. And I will always encourage that if that's what they want to do. Okay. I'll listen to the greatest showman for, I don't know, a lot of times <laughs> and yes. I will continue.
0: <laughs> so my kids, they have been influenced by my husband's musical tastes recently. And he's in this Avicii phase. He's, he's always loved Avicii, you know, the, this I think he's Swedish or he was, he passed away a couple months ago. Um, but he's like a DJ, like kind of, clubby music but it's gotten more mainstream and it's it's great music I I was slow to come around to it but my husband plays it all the time so now we'll get in the car and my five-year-old's like can we listen to Avicii and he knows all the songs he knows like he'll like hum the instrumental parts and
1: even my daughter's like I love Avicii <laughs> and it's oh so my cute on, on the opposite side of that we get in the car the other day and and Aiden from the back's like can we put on Metallica Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, because that's my husband's music. Uh-huh, and so we are. See? We're going down the street listening to Metallica because oh, that's yeah. what Aiden asked for. And... <laughs> yeah. You,
0: you got to let them explore their musical tastes and kind of get get some experience <laughs> with
1: each one. And I think that's great. I love it. Yeah. Well, overall, I love having my kids in my music classes. Absolutely do. And I look forward to continuing it when they are older and all not in my music classes anymore i really don't know what i'm gonna do but i know uh, it's gonna be a big a big shift a life shift but then you know what
0: when they get older then they can be your helpers look at it that way
1: that's true and right now i'm just soaking it up i've still got another couple years at least with riley and madeline and you know keep going
0: yeah that's right you can continue the conversation in the comments of the show notes page, over at GuitarsAndGranolaBars.com, or email me, Rachel at ListenLearnMusic.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Rachel Ramback and at ListenLearnMusic, and you can find Jamie there too. Her handle is at HG Music Therapy. As always, I am so grateful that you took some time out of your day to listen to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. We'll talk to you again soon on the next episode.